Welcome to the Aquademia podcast. Our diet is hurting the environment in myriad ways. I mean, we desperately need to eat more seafood. This is a pioneering industry with a whole lot of people who have really good ideas and a lot of experience and are unafraid. Aquademia is your go-to podcast for a fresh take on all things seafood. Here we are. We're here live. For This is our very first live in-person recording with a huge audience. Yeah. Um, <laughs> calm, calm down out there. Calm everybody down. calm down. No, this is... Uh, we're, we're right at the beginning of uh, the Responsible Seafood Summit 2023 here in St. John. And it is check-in time. People are getting their badges. It's day zero. Um, but we are sitting down with Michael Ann Rowe, who is an Emmy Award-winning food travel journalist who specializes in seafood. And we are so excited to have her here. And she's also speaking at the event. How's it going, Michael Ann? Oh, it's going great. I'm really excited to be here in my home province of Nouveau yeah, Brunswick. Yeah, welcome home. Must be nice. Thank you. Uh, has it changed since the last uh, time you were here? You know what's wonderful when I come here is just smelling the salt air. Yeah. It just resonates. It's in my blood. Fantastic. Well, you are speaking uh, during the plenary at this event, and we're going to talk about what your topic is. But before we do that, um, we want to hear your story. So we're going to do this episode kind of as a half career pathways or mostly career pathways Mm -hmm. episode. And then... We'll kind of talk about what you're focusing on while you're here. So why don't you go ahead and just give us the rundown of kind of who you are and and how you got to where you are now because you have a very interesting story and we're very excited to hear it. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. And and listen, first of all, I have to say thank you to the Global Seafood Alliance and the Canadian Fish Farmers Association's Canada, Atlantic Canada Fish Farmers Association for inviting me to be a part of the Responsible Seafood Summit. I love the name of the summit. Responsible oh, Seafood you. Summit. We changed right. it. It used to be called Goal. I know. And it's we're trying something new. <laughs> but we're toying with this new word, responsible, and it makes a whole lot of sense. It really, really does. Uh, that's a whole topic all, all on its own. But I am really, truly honored to be amongst all of these crazy individuals who uh, <laughs> care for the future of seafood, as I do. That's but, one word to use. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I'm like sometimes I shake my head and go, "What are we doing?" But we, I feel like we're, I'm in a good, I'm in a really good spot, and and I'll share my personal journey here um, with you and a few, just a few success stories and how I've managed to engage consumers with seafood, and and then I'll share some opportunities. Um, I'll only touch base on a few and save the rest for the plenary because there is a whole list. Yeah, save something. Save something. Oh, absolutely. This is the teaser, right? Right? And it's and, and with it's so many people here, you know, and you with don't so many people clapping later, please, <laughs> please, please. Um, but I really, the goal is for people to walk away with, what can I do better to increase and move the needle on seafood consumption? Right? We just don't want um, seafood to be on the minds of North Americans at special occasion times. We right. want it all the time, right? So. First, a little insight about myself and what, am, what do I have to do with seafood and, and why am I here? Start from the very beginning. And, you know, in a nutshell, my background is a blend of performing arts, yes, theater major, mm-hmm. with food and travel journalism as seafood expert and a professional cook. So when you blend it all together, you get a very excited fashionista <laughs> whose kitchen is her stage 
And the art of cooking seafood is the most enthralling drama I could ever <laughs> participate in. And what good kitchen doesn't have drama? <laughs> really? <laughs> Thanksgiving is coming. Hold yourself. Do hold you perform sh- perform seafood show tunes while you're cooking? I do. In your kitchen? I make them up. Will you give us a, uh, a taste of that later? Oh, I have a perfect taste of that for you. You're, <laughs> Can't wait. You, you might not believe me, but it's coming. <laughs> But I'll tell you a little background, personal background, um, about myself and my connection to seafood. And it starts with growing up in a single-parented household with a single mom, five children, one can of tuna. So you can imagine us sharing this one can of tuna, and you can imagine how creative we got with that can of tuna. I mean, we were making tuna melt sandwiches, uh, tuna with cream and peas on mash, tuna casserole. Who doesn't like tuna casserole? And the one thing that came about was tuna, banana, and maple syrup. Uh, now, okay. you guys I can get know. on with that maple <laughs> syrup. Come on. you got to try it. I did a whole uh, you know, social media plug on that one, and it, it is a delicious sandwich. But as long as I can imagine, cooking food and setting the table was all theater to me. So fast forward, how ironic is it that I moved to New York, you know, on a wing and a prayer, and, um, but I am from New Brunswick, Canada, you know, so I come back here, Atlantic Canadian seafood is in my blood, it's really in my DNA. So fast forward, um, when I created this, um, I, was, I was hosting actually a, a, a restaurant show called Entree TV. And that was just a one-shot deal, just like you and I sitting across. And it was yep, yep. a little, very insightful with chefs and restaurateurs, but it a little, got a little stale for me. So I embarked upon writing and producing my own documentary series called Off the Beaten Palette. Okay. And that was because I wanted to dive in and be a part, go into the field and find out how food grows, how it's harvested, and how it gets to the plate. So... You know, the first story that comes to mind was coming back to my home province and doing a story on our amazing seafood. It, and, and, it, and it, as when I was shooting and after the documentary got aired, I realized how much people do not know about seafood. So it was like, oh my gosh, are you serious? Um, it was, I mean, we are making small changes but there's still so many misconceptions, repeating oh, yeah. the wrong information, the mystery food, no understanding of local fisheries, massive aquaculture innovation as we see it, right? And the myths, <laughs> the rampant the myths. We could myths go on and on and on and on. And one of the things I love about GSA is that, you know, you're bridging aquaculture with wild, and this is where we absolutely need to be. And, and that's a new endeavor for us. Yeah, that's, you know, we for years, we were the Global Aquaculture Alliance. And this is something that we're just starting to dive into. We're diving headfirst into it. Right. It's kind of like we it's I don't want to say we don't have any choice, but we're in this. You know, we have to embrace it. It's in our face and it's there Mm -hmm. and we want to make it normal. Right. We want to make it all sync together. But that only and so that only told me when I found out how much people do not know about seafood, it only told me that that was the opportunity to educate people about seafood. So after I came down off my high of winning an Emmy Award for this uh, food and travel documentary series, I said, I've got to hit the ground running. I'm going to be boots on the ground. And I like to be hands on connecting with people 
one-on-one. Mm-hmm. So I created what I call these kind of transformative, formative, formal, transformative, excuse me, <laughs> experiences where I get to get people to really indulge in seafood and understand it. So a couple of examples are Lobster 101s and Lobster Masterclasses. Okay. And I have Sounds to, right up our alley. It's right <laughs> up your alley because we know we all have great lobster. And I started that because of Dr. Bob Bear, who's based out of, of Maine. He would come here and teach the lobster at the Lobster Academy. And now oh, okay. it was it left off as the Lobster and Salmon Academy in New Brunswick. And we bring people in from the United States and all over the world to come for this, this academy. So fast forward, I'm like, people need to know about lobster. They need to know how it grows, and they need to know how to get into it, how, it, how to cook it, and more importantly, they need to know that Canada and Maine have amazing Homeris Americanus, and they rely on each other to a degree that, you know, you can't, you can't not talk about it. So that's a jaw dropper right there. When people go, huh? I thought it was all Maine. That I thought yeah. Maine had the most lobster. And I thought, because they do such an amazing job on their marketing. And it wasn't until just too long ago that Canada started really promoting Canadian lobster. And, and when I tell them the difference, when I point out the differences between the, the lobsters, that is fascinating. Everyone finds it fascinating. The, the new shell, the hard shell. The seasons that we have in Canada, mm-hmm. open all year round in Maine, the exchange, the trade that goes on back and forth, they d- absolutely need each other for that's, processing. That's fascinating. I don't mean to interrupt, but yeah. I'm ax- I absolutely do. Um, <laughs> because yeah. uh, that's interesting to me because, you know, from our perspective, you know, you think, okay, you don't want to say, oh, people only think that lobster is in Maine, but obviously the lobster doesn't know what Maine means. <laughs> they don't know what Canada is. To them, it's just the world, right? Right, right, and right. And so, like, they're not going to be just in Maine waters. They're not going to be just in Canada waters. So, like, to me, lobster is lobster in the in the right. Northeast Americas, right? Yeah. But when you're talking, when you say the differences between them, like, there's so many different things that that could mean. Can you kind of yeah. get into that just a little bit, just to? Yeah, I mean, me? when you're talking about <laughs> shipping lobster, hard shell lobster from Canada is what you're going to ship. And as a matter of fact, Mainers and people across the border will buy that hard shell lobster because they have customers themselves that want that hard shell lobster. Maybe it's Mm -hmm. going to California. Maybe it's going to the UK. So they need that hard shell lobster. Canada needs that new shell lobster for processing. And right here in New Brunswick, Canada, we have the largest processing plants in, 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 in the world. And then for Homeris Americanus. And then you have Nova Scotia, who are the biggest producers of Homeris Americanus. So when you point those things out and they go, oh my gosh, really? It's like, no, don't get me wrong. Maine lobster is absolutely delicious. But, and, but and I love my New Brunswick at, lobster. You're sitting across from a Mainer, so you got to be, <laughs> I know. you, gotta, you, know, I know you don't want him to lunge right across the table at you. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get ready to push the mute button. <laughs> right, 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 right. The other experience that I do with people, which I fall, find transformative experiences, is Oyster 101. Mm. And putting them through... A tasting. And when they think that they don't like oysters, I can change that around. And I have changed it around. So I put them through this little test of a sensory test. It's like a 5S thing. You see the, the oyster. You smell the oyster. You sip the oyster. You savor the oyster. And then you see it again by turning that shell over and looking at those beautiful birthmarks. I have changed people's minds so many times because now I'm inching them into this whole mommy experience mm-hmm. of first sipping 
don't slurp that oyster, please. <laughs> if you serve, slip, slurp that oyster, I'm going to come after you. Um, you're missing the whole point of spending three seventy-five for an oyster. Right, yeah, it goes I, from shooting it down the hatch sure. to actually having an experience yeah. with your food, right? And the other component to all of this is when you're out into the fisheries and farms, it not only gives you, you learn about how things are made and grow, but Man, the livelihood of these farmers and fishermen, it's unbelievable. So I take it my responsibility to share those stories with the consumers. And that is a game changer as well. Because now they realize, oh, I want premium seafood. Well, here's what goes, yeah, here's what goes into getting premium seafood. This, look what they do just to get an oyster to the plate. Look what the the fishermen do to get the lobster to the plate. It's unbelievable. So these kinds it's of It's a huge, stories. huge process that yeah. nobody th- even thinks about. Except exactly. us. <laughs> except exactly. people like us. <laughs> so um, I think those experiences, having been into the fisheries and the farms for me as a food and travel journalist, and now, you know, sharing that knowledge as much as I can with the lobster classes, lobster dinners, lobster, you know, lobster everywhere. I'm working on a lobster book, by the way. I've been all over. I've been all along the East Coast from Maine to Newfoundland uh, documenting uh, lobster fishermen. They're going to be telling their stories and writing recipes and all that kind of thing. Oyster 101s, those are great. The other thing is obviously seafood cooking classes. If we're talking about still now reaching the consumer directly, hands-on, mm-hmm. people can get involved with seafood cooking classes um, and then demonstrations. So another turnkey for me was with Seafood Nutrition Partnership because I'm an ambassador with Seafood Nutrition Partnership mm-hmm. and they're all our good friends and they're doing an amazing yep. job. And previous guests of the Aquademia podcast. Yes, yes. Linda Cornish. Yep. That was a, actually a very popular Career Pathways episode as well. Yeah, she was very insightful. I yeah, think that's one great. of the ones that I, I, I listened to. Um, so I've been a, an ambassador for a very long time with them, almost as, I think since they started and <laughs> watched them grow. Uh, what they're doing is amazing. Uh, so we were in Toledo, Ohio. I was doing a cooking demonstration at a seafood counter. And I'm cooking salmon, and I'm doing a rub. I'm doing just a simple rub on it. So it looks like it could be chunks of steak. It could be chunks of chicken, <laughs> but it's not. It's chunks of salmon with my rub on it. And it's called Rub and Love. And then we ran out of the rub <laughs> <laughs> because I was making so many. Seriously, I'm standing here and... Like five feet away is the seafood counter. I turned people's heads around and they went after they tasted the salmon. They went to the seafood counter and they bought the salmon. So that's like, oh my uh, God. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Perfect. And I do remember this little kid coming up and going, my mom doesn't doesn't like that stuff. She won't get, no, I can't eat. I'm there. Come on over here, mama. Come on over here. Come on over here and talk to me and tell me why you don't like seafood. She couldn't really tell me why, but the kid was following what mom said. So I, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, no. So I said, Ken, would you do me a favor? Would you just take a little bite? Would you just take a little bite? And she took a bite, and she was hook, line, and sinker, and she was over at the seafood counter buying the piece of salmon, and I was making up the, the, the rub after, after a while. So, But it, that was like... I feel like those are conversion stories that are really, really successful. Yeah. And we need to keep doing more of those. If we just take people through some 
guidance. Um, these cooking demonstrations are always fun. They're hands-on. Hands-on, hands-on is always It a makes winner. a big difference. It's just like you when you took your sushi-making class, right? Actually, oh, yeah. the, the, the art of doing it with your hands and creating it yourself, it gives you a whole different perspective on... Well, and I think to even backtrack further, really what we've just talked about, mm-hmm. what you've just talked about for the last 15 minutes mm-hmm. is education. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't matter how it comes in many different forms. Yeah. And, and what I like the most is when <coughs> you brought that mother over and you said, explain to me. Yeah. Right. Like w- yeah. why? And I think a lot of people just generalize seafood as like one thing. Like it's a fish. Right. Oh, no. Seafood is not just yeah. a fish. And it, you could say chicken is chicken because that's just right. one species. Right. But seafood is so vast. There are so many edible um species that are out there so you can generalize it and so you have to experience it and i think what you're doing such a wonderful job at you're just i've watched a a ton of your videos before this (laughs) before we did this recording and we had a marathon before you showed up yeah (laughs) you're just very energetic you're easy if nothing else to recognize (laughs) you when you came around the corner make sure we (laughs) we jumped on the right person you know (laughs) (laughs) but it's in it's engaging it's it's friendly and it's educational and i think it, it allows any fears that certain people have, no matter what it is, there's you you tackle such a wide variety right. of avenues right. that I think a lot of people can relate to different areas of the of the stuff that you're doing, and that is just that's great, and that's what we that's what we need. We need you to continue doing that. Thank we need you, to Justin. Continue what we're doing in this, we're, to move that needle, like we were talking about yeah. in the very beginning right. of this episode, yeah. right? We just. It doesn't happen overnight, but it's like these no. small steps. Yeah, we have a there. lot of room to grow. And I'll just say, just sum up and, and, and cue off of you, is, is we need to make seafood a whole lot more fun. We need to, like, really, yeah. can we move away from this heavy conversation all the time? And we're always defending. That we're always defending. So can we, yes. like, take this out of the equation? With the onset of the Fishinista channel coming in 2024, which will... <laughs> Yes, we're gonna, we're definitely going to get to that. Segways into the opportunities. But seriously, we need to like pull away from this and because I think of my theatrical background, I'm like I can't I can't get heavy here. I can't, you know, I understand it and there's a lot of things I could talk about in the background and I do have heavy conversations with people because you know, uh, round they table, need to happen. round table dinner conversations. And, and it's great because they do ask me a lot of questions and I feel like I must be doing my job. If they're asking me, I get phone calls, where should I get this? What about this? What about that? That means I'm doing my job and it's, a, it's the highest compliment. Right. But also I, you know, my thing is just, I want to make seafood so much fun mm-hmm. and let's do that for kids, for adults, for, you know, let's take off that burden of defending uh, defending yeah. our our food group and i feel like we've just we're starting to see more and more of that just in the last couple of years mm-hmm. and e- just at this yes. event it like going through i've been to this event a bunch of times yeah and going through everyone's presentations beforehand um yeah. there's a lot more of that type of energy where like we're trying to make this like instead of just this dark and dreary like oh everybody thinks that you know, farmed seafood is so bad and we need to like claw our way out of that hole. Right. It's, it's a lot more positive messaging. I think yeah. it's a lot more flashy. It's a lot more exciting. Yeah. And I think people are starting to make that change. Uh, I know you're thinking of the same thing that I am when I talk about that, a specific video that we're probably going to see <laughs> this week. Um, yeah. I think if we can make it the status quo that, you know, 
these are normal things now. You yeah. know, this this aquaculture innovation farms. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's got to be it's got to be normal. It's going to be normal. And with <laughs> innovation at aquaculture in aquaculture, it is like it's so cool. And yeah. like if you yeah. can find a way to explain it to someone who doesn't know anything about aquaculture, isn't mm-hmm. comfortable with aquaculture, mm-hmm. but you can be like, look at this new piece of technology or this new thing that they're doing in aquaculture, and like really try to get into that. And show your own passion and excitement when you're doing it. Like yes. it's just they're gonna feel the same way. And it, instead of looking at farmed fish as, you know, the the thing to stay away from, it's right. gonna be like this right. is a new exciting thing that they're doing. Oh yeah. You know, you just shift the mindset, right? Which right. is so hard to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, we so we, we can get there, but we do have a lot more work, and that's Absolutely. the segue into. I mentioned just a few success stories for me, but these opportunities that lie in front of us, there's a huge list here. I'll just start, I'll just go through three of them. And education is definitely on the top of the list, Justin. It's like numero uno. So some of the things that I pointed out, I feel like if we just focus on kids, that it's going to work. And it's going to work in a way that, I mean, this is the way up the future. And this is a way to bring them up on seafood because they're just going to go into the future thinking this is all normal um yeah. normal farming a normal you know way of getting food well, that's the thing everyone uh, the rest of your food comes from a farm right Why exactly would this be any different exactly so hands-on experiences with kids especially visiting a farm um and i know um atlantic canada fish farmers association is doing a whole lot more with reaching the kids uh, in the mm-hmm. schools which is fantastic and i know seafood nutrition partnership is doing that as well yeah you see it here and there when i used to work at the new england aquarium yes um, we would take we had a camp that ran all summer and we would almost always take the kids to a trout farm nice um just to see that side of you know they'd go on whale watches they'd go other aquariums and all these places but we would also take them to a trout farm and they'd get to throw the feed in the raceway and and yeah so like that was right there every week that's 30 new kids that have been to a fish farm and have yes. thrown food and see how exciting it is when they when the fish go crazy and all right that. Like, right right little and by little you gotta yeah. start yeah and maybe bring a, a guest chef into the classroom a chef with a great big hat you know <laughs> making some fish sticks or fish cakes you know and they yeah, kind of yeah. get together fish and nuggets. they you know and if they're not able to visit a farm then you could do it virtually i mean there's a lot of farms now that are doing this beautiful um video footage of their farms and it's amazing so you know somewhere like someone in scotland shout out to our friends from scotland who are going to yeah be who we're going to be talking about that too this yes. week quite a bit um you know, to, to see it virtually at least and maybe have a guest come in and, and then explain uh, what that's all about. And then kids love that kind of learning, you know. Uh, conferences. Okay, so I was at in New Orleans judging a seafood cook-off. Let me just tell you. I'm like, really? You want me to come and judge a cook-off? Okay, no problem. In New Orleans of all places. In, the, in New Orleans, right. And um, they involved the 4-H kids. And the 4-H kids had a cook-off. And... Oh, my God, of course, it was with all seafood. It was amazing. So those kind of things, even at a conference like this or any conferences, how about the Boston Seafood Show? Why don't we do a cook-off with the kids, you know, get them involved. (laughs) It's a good idea. I mean, it would be, you know, bring some character in, some, you know, and and just get get them cooking seafood, you know, and and then ramp it up because a lot of kids now, you know, that like if you watch the Food Channel, there's a, they have the, like the kids, whatever the the yeah. championship yep. is. Like we had one. We had Logan. We had Logan. What, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. 
Yeah, he came on the, the podcast and talked about his experience on he the show is and, great. and his love what a of dear cooking. Heart. It was, what it a was dear. fantastic. Yeah. And again, let's make seafood fun and normal for the kids, right? And I love Seafood Nutrition Partnerships uh, Fall in Love with Seafood <laughs> campaign that's just started. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be, that's a lot of fun. Uh, again, cooking demonstrations, I mentioned that. Uh, and the opportunities, again, with lobster masterclasses and oysters. Now, I'm just going to tell you what I'm taking right now. I had a class this afternoon. I have been indulging on the education side. Mm-hmm. There is a new OMG, you might have heard of it, Oyster Master Guild. And it oh, is founded by Shakar Patty, Patrick McMurray from Canada, and Julie Q who's oyster some, they're both sommeliers, experts in oyster. So this whole master, oyster master guild is really something else. It's level one has started. And today was the last class for level one. It's six classes. And huh? Yeah, it's it's online. And let me just tell you, this is a serious class. And then you, you want to go for the, like the level four where you get your big cert- certification. Yep. So that, and that level four is about when you want to open your own oyster bar. So it's really intense. Like, I'm serious. I'm, I'm going to have to go back and watch all the videos and go, oh, God, I hope I pass level one because I really want to, you know. How I many, put on the oyster. How many levels are there? There's four. Four times four. But since I'm, I'm really deep involved with the oyster industry, doing yeah, yeah. the Canadian Oyster uh, Festival in, in New York every year now, uh, bringing in the oyster farmers. Again, the oyster farmers can, we always do a, um, an event at the Institute of Culinary Education. So you can imagine going to the, bringing the farmers to the Institute of Culinary Education where the students get to meet the, the farmers and ask them all these questions and they get to go through a tasting and they learn every, all this stuff about oysters. So yeah. now they're, they know how to bake them and they know about taste notes and they know about meadowah. Now the meadowah is, fa- even restaurateurs are going, what's that word you said? <laughs> meadowah? Yeah, it's like terroir, but it's meadowah. And we do this whole marriage between meadowah and terroir all the time. You know, seafood. Lobster and fiddleheads. Oh, my God. <laughs> it is so good. <laughs> so it's like, you know, we have fiddleheads. You have fiddleheads. Yep, yep. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. But so the Oyster Master Guild is a group of oyster lovers, oyster service professionals. I want to read it off here because I, I want to get it right for them. <laughs> Purveyors and growers who are committed to advancing oyster appreciation and education. And so it's basically them helping our community learn how to evaluate and deliver exceptional oyster experiences. And... I got to tell you, the people that are on the class are like serious oyster people from Maine to New Zealand. Like, yeah. there's, there's. I wonder if any of our previous oyster guests have know I, about this. I, oh, they probably do. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of really good. There's a lot of Mainers on it. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. people from you know down south. Um, yeah, it's 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 a full on oyster masterclass. So there's an opportunity to teach, and what that brings me into is talking to t- talking on the point of distributors, restaurants, and retailers communication. Now, when I do the Oyster Oyster 101 and the Lobster Master classes, now I've taken it to the actual restaurant staff. And I t- presented to the, to the restaurant and said, hey, do you want me to teach this to the staff? It's not just for an experience for your customers to come in, but now I feel like I, I really want to do this for your staff. Right. And I've done it for the staff. And, oh, my God. So they come up to me. They go, oh, my God. I, I was at the table, and I used those notes, those cheat notes. I leave cheat notes for them. I'm yeah. like, mm-hmm. you know, you use these because knowledge is power, and power is money in the hand. You're going <laughs> right. to make more tips. Yeah. If you have that conversation at the table, and you're telling those stories, 
it makes a huge difference. And it kind of segues into stories sell seafood. I am a big fan of stories sell seafood. If you come to the table, if you were uh, a waiter and you came to the table and you said to me, yeah, we've got the halibut, we've got the, you know, we got a white fish and we got, you know, and there's no descriptor around. There's no essence of where that came from. As soon as you tell me it came from, you know, it was caught today um, by Fisherman Joe or, you know, and this season is... Just came in on the docks this morning. It just came in on the the docks. The truck came in about a half hour ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And the oysters grow in the middle of Prince Edward Island, the coldest part of Prince Edward Island. So they're going to be really, you know, they're going to have this salinity or that kind of minerality. And those Mm -hmm. kind of, that kind of, you know, information is our key selling points. And you really do get the customer when you're telling those stories. The other thing on the distributor and the restaurant side, I feel like there's a real disconnect with distributor to restaurant. There's a couple things going on there. Either they don't give a crap about it. They're really not engaging enough to tell the restaurateur or the restaurateur does not pass it on to the staff. So there's this real Mm -hmm. chain of communication that really needs to happen. And there's an opportunity for us to sell more seafood. So you can imagine. We know the supply chain traceability is just such a huge topic right now. So like that's that's all part of that. Right. Right. And that's something that is not just us, but so many organizations within the industry are really pushing for. Yeah, sure. A, and an improvement in that traceability. Right. And there's a supermarket. I may say it at some point, but um, in particular that talks about traceability, 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 and we only sell certified this and that. And you know, and you ask them questions, and I'm sorry, they have not communicated anything with their staff. They have not communicated with their staff. They need to have these conversations with the staff. If you're going to hire somebody to be at the seafood counter, then hello. So that that training in itself to me is so valuable. It's going to end up in dollars. It's really going to end up in the consumer buying that product. And it it just goes so far. And again, it's the stories. Um, If you have a story to tell, then talk about it. Mm -hmm. Tin seafood, I want to talk about culinary trends. Okay. Tin fish. Tin fish. Here we go. Yeah. We got a lot. Yeah, that's a trend, really all right. Good, yeah. Really good tin fish, right? Mm-hmm. And you want to talk about here are the thing, the pointers I put down. It's uh, yeah. It's not only it's think convenience, easy recipes, absolutely, you know, healthy for you. So you know, and this this convenience thing is a huge deal for people now, right? It's yep. got to be convenient. And if we could get more kids involved with that tin fish. The labels alone are fun, right? You want yeah. them to become little collector's tins. <laughs> you know, I mean, you like, think you got to start yeah. thinking about these things. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of why they do it. There's people that collect those tins because of the labels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love doing it. It's, it. it's a lot of fun. But the thing is, is then I hate cracking it open because it's like, oh, <laughs> I guess i got to yeah. buy another one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Scout Canning has done a, an amazing job. Yep, at, they've been on the um, show too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, all the way across the board, and it's, it's, it's grown exponentially, and it's definitely an opportunity for us to, you know, promote it. And the other thing is, too, is like, hey, you might be the maker of that, that tin, so you've got a story. Because if you take Cows Scout Canning, I mean, she's got sustainability from the get-go. There's no labels on her cans. Mm-hmm. I love that. And she's, those cans are eco-friendly. They're this, they're that. The box is dead. She thought about everything. Mm-hmm. And if you're 
if you're the purveyor of those tin cans, you definitely have a story to share. So it's not just about, it's not just about, you know, the farmers or the fishermen. It's all the way down the line. If you sell feed, if you make feed, tell us your story. We definitely want to know about that right now, don't we? Like, yeah. that's a huge oh, yeah. topic, right? Yeah, I bet we'll get into that this week. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure we will. We yeah. always do. <laughs> I have a lot of story. I have a lot of questions, I should say. You know what I mean? Is it all equal? Um, <laughs> it's like, is the cocktail equal all the way across the board? I, I really do want to know the answer when, to that. Once you like, start asking those questions, <laughs> you got to settle in because it's going to be oh, a long boy. and complicated conversation. <laughs> I mean, do they get to pick their cocktail? <laughs> I mean, think about oh, it. Man. You know, that's yep. I like peeling the onion, and the onion to me is like, okay, you're saying that this and that and that is in the fee, but is that guy buying? You're making, you're mass producing that. Is that guy? Is it the same feed that's in that other fish too? Yeah, right. <laughs> Not everything's equal. Right. How does that work? <laughs> so culinary trends, yes, we got to get on the bandwagon with, with that a whole lot more. Poke bowls, another great example of how mm-hmm. people got on the bandwagon with that, and we can still keep going with that, and we can make our own culinary trends, like uh, sports and seafood. I mean, come on, that's an untapped, uh, yeah, oh yeah, untapped category. Oh, I watched your Super Bowl, uh, <laughs> yeah, <video. laughs> four quarter seafood yeah. tasting yeah. menu. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and our friends em- Emily DeSosa, she's doing a little, uh, you know, yeah, sideline snacks. She was snacks. just, she was literally just at this table, like right before you came yeah, here. Yeah, we were yeah. talking. And I'm looking forward to seeing her and catching up. Yeah, um, she'll be here all week. She's doing some social media stuff for us. She did a takeover of the GSA social media platform. Yeah, so. yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Um, yeah, so sports and, and seafood. I mean, why not? Let's turn that burger into what? It's gonna be an all like salmon burger. Mm-hmm. Be so good. I've been making these poppers, and they're really good. I'm telling you, those poppers, you just pop right in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, you know, the healthiness, um, we can expand on that a whole lot more, get that message out. Overall marketing, i got to tell you guys, the industry is not spending nearly it's definitely, enough money it's definitely on marketing a weakness dollars. In the, in on the marketing industry. dollars. Right before the pandemic, I spoke as keynote keynote speaker at Fisheries Council of Canada. I feel like I'm kind of repeating myself too in this whole marketing of Sifu. Here we are again, and I'm literally in a room with all of the players, all the big boys, and I'm like, you got to make this a line item on your budget, like marketing seafood. And they're looking at me and their heads are crocked. And it's like, yeah, because it's not (laughs) a built in. You made the product. Now what? Yeah. You know, you think it's going to just, you know, You've got social media media influencers. You've got people that you can put this product in their hands. You've got to spend more money on marketing. Now, let me ask you this question. What was the last time you heard a PSA talking about a shout out about how healthy seafood is for you and you should get some seafood today? I mean, we've created them. You know? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, you I don't mean, see when's it? the last time you had so on a local level, I think we could all do a whole lot better on going hey would you do a PSA and, and would you, you can write it up in a second you know here's the message you know get your omega-3s you know healthy eating and certainly the pandemic if anything um, really brought some more awareness around 
you know, the health benefits of seafood and being healthier and, and buying seafood, and we really reap the benefits of that. And the huge question, too, uh, here at the summit is, like, did, are we plateaued? Did we fall off? How did right. we fall yeah. off? Where, do we, where did we go wrong with this? There's going to be some really interesting data to look at this week about yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Obviously, cost is a big deal, but... Um, when but that's not the only thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No. I mean, so, value. That's but the overall, only thing that some people think of. Think yeah. About but I also that. think that leads back to, like, the whole educational piece of where mm-hmm. are there myths that are still ingrained yes. in how important it is yeah. to educate the, the youth. And it comes back Absolutely. to the story of, the mo- like, a parent has this specific view yes. if it's negative, And then that it trickles starts. down and it becomes generational and it's family sure. and it's this and that. But if you target... Yeah. That foundational block of mm-hmm. who's going to be the future buyers mm-hmm. and what are their belief, what is their mm-hmm. knowledge in in, mm-hmm. in seafood and all this. If you can get that, it's just going to, yeah, it's going to spread, and it's so important. You need to have yeah. a have an impact on the information that gets passed on in, in sure. the future. And let's look at our data that we're collecting too. I mean, really, are we doing hands-on data collection? Like really standing at the seafood counter and watching people and seeing and asking, asking, Mm -hmm. why did you pick seafood today? Or why did you pick that? And at the checkout counter, why did you pick seafood today? Mm -hmm. Those questions, I think, really, really like, again, boots on the ground, looking at people in the face, asking them these questions instead of sending out an email, you know, blasts a snail mail yeah. to the masses of sometimes those surveys are really accurate and sometimes are really not yeah. accurate. If you, so can get, if you can get people to fill them out in the first place. And if you can get people to fill them out in the first place, you can lure people into a store, which brought me to cross-promotions, in-store cross-promotions. This is something we're not tapping into at all. And some of the exa- examples I'm going to give us give at the plenaries as well Travel industry, oh my God. All right, we talk about added value products. People, people that travel, adventure travels, they need this, these little packages of seafood on the go. They need these little packages to move and groove in the airport where it's so expensive, you know, pack that up and put it in, in, in your pocket kind of thing. Um, are we tapping into the travel industry where we could are we making a promotion at the store and saying hey come into the store and for every pound of seafood that you buy you're going to put your name in a ballad to win a trip like and it could be a staycation it could be taking the family to camping or 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 something you know to you know a waterfall farm or community events (laughs) or something community events and this is something i wrote down as well community events Mm -hmm. are we being socially responsible too. The um, the wording is corporate social responsibility. All right. So what does that mean? Telling telling your story. It doesn't have to be seafood related. I mentioned this already. But if your company is doing good for the community, consumers are going to likely follow you and support you make a purchase of your product because they know you're doing good for the community and you don't have to be doing something that's seafood related to do something good for the community it could be something i do a lot of green and cleaning when i'm out green and cleaning i get all kinds of new followers (laughs) because they go oh i kind of like what you're doing you know and but people have to know about it and people have to know about it exactly so if you tell that story as well Mm -hmm. that hey we just did this huge community event and it had nothing to do with see. It has nothing to do with like 
I don't know. But it improved the community. But it improves, you know, the people just gives that company yeah. another perspective. I feel like what I'm getting from everything that you've been, all of the examples that you've been giving, this, it's really meet people where they're at, right? It's, yeah. It's not so much putting out commercials during the Super Bowl and spending a billion dollars for a Super Bowl commercial. It's putting the information at the grocery stores, at the point of sale, where people are getting their food, when they're thinking about food. Yeah. This is when you have the opportunity to teach people about this stuff. And like yeah. that's really the, the place to start. Yeah. Because I think a lot of these seafood companies don't know. They're like, yeah, we need to promote seafood, but we want to promote our seafood. Well, that's it. We don't want to promote seafood in general. We want them to buy our seafood. Well, so what are we going to, how are we going to advertise our product? But it's like, if we can, if we can collectively, you know, it, you're not, you, by marketing one product, you're not going to increase seafood consumption across the board. You're never going to compete with the other proteins. Right. I so. wonder I wonder if there's a way to do like a, you know, like the market, the main lobster marketing council, you know, they don't they all put a, a little bit in the pot. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think we have we might have that with the Lobster Council of Canada where the lobster fishermen are putting a little bit in the into market, you know, yeah. their product. So it's like, you know, Seafood Nutrition Partnership asked a couple of years ago now the government to put millions of dollars into marketing seafood because you know and they're the ones to do it and it's just we need a whole we and there's so much money there's yeah. really a lot of money in this industry so show me the money and put it into yeah. seafood. what are I we mean, doing seriously. with it <laughs> <laughs> and and you know the a lot of the you know we know that these seafood companies are they want their kids to do especially the fishermen they want their kids to, pa to pass it, you know, to, to follow suit and be fishermen as well. But they're noticing that their kids, obviously, now on social media. Mm -hmm. And so, and they're like, hey, we got to, like, post our stuff, you know, like, tell people about this. And now it's really, it makes such a huge difference. But, the, you know, the older guys, they just, like, they don't, they don't get that stuff. But we're here to and tell we, them. And we've talked about it. this before. How there's, there tends to be, you know, with... Seafood is such an old industry. Old industry, and exactly. Not, I don't mean age-wise. I just mean it's just, it's been established for so long. Yeah. And it's yeah. been a part of the, the food zeitgeist in a certain aspect for so long. And there is a mentality across the industry of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm -hmm. And um, you see innovation and new ideas and, and you know, um, taking on those challenges and taking those risks in certain pockets of the industry, but we need the industry as a whole to start taking some risks to yeah. get yeah. our name, our products out there. Right. In and to help us make, make seafood normal. Yeah. And, and if we can, which it is, but it needs to be a, a more even part of, like yeah. it needs to have, have more of an equal part to play in food as a whole, because especially here in the Americas, yeah, it's like you said, it's a special occasion food for a lot of people. It's, right. it's, uh, right. it's, you know, you go out to a fancy dinner, maybe that's when you'll get the salmon as right. opposed to just getting it every time you go to the grocery store. Right. So how do you get it on the same level as chicken and pork and beef? Um, the million dollar question. You need huh? to, you got to work together. And yeah. that, that is, goes back to Justin's point of it's so vast. We're not just, we're not just doing chicken. Yeah. We're doing oysters and we're doing mussels and we're doing salmon and we're doing octopus There's and we're doing all of, yeah. sea cucumber <laughs> and like the There's sea cucumber choices. people, the sea cucumber people 
are likely not always talking to the abalone <laughs> people and you know like it's so yeah. it, it's just it's so vast and it's so complicated um that's just it such is. a challenge to to work together mm-hmm. and that's the first step so we gotta do i think so. we, ha- we can come up with some really fun commercials too like my brain goes crazy with the kind of fun commercials that we could come up with just making fun of things but just having fun and once again yeah. like just putting it out there and spending those dollars on those like on those commercials. Right, yeah. Commercials. Exactly. How about that? <laughs> well, I know. I'm sure you have a lot more stuff to talk about. This time went by super fast. But um, I, I want to just touch on um, the show a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, the future. Uh, tell us what the plan is yeah. and kind of what the status is and yeah. what aspirations are. And then we can kind of talk about what resources you need at yeah. this time. Yeah, And then we'll you. get into contact information. We'll wrap it up. All right. Thank you very much for asking. So, yeah, in 2024, we can look for the launch of the Fishinista channel. Uh, And that's going to take a lot of support from the industry once again. So, Mm -hmm. you know, at this conference, I will be asking people, you know, literally at the plenary, you know, let's partner. Let me let me, you know, create the content and show off your brand and tell your story. And. Let's wait till they go by. <laughs> I don't know if you picked that up or not. That's all right. But yeah, it's going to be exciting. So what's going to happen on the Fish and Easter channel is... Do you pick that up? Uh, it's all right. Okay. okay. I'll start again. Lobe. Okay. So yeah, so what's going to happen on the Fish and Easter channel will be... I will be having guests on there. Uh, could be a celebrity. Could be uh, a- anyone from uh, an actor to a sports celebrity. I used to write a sports column. People don't know that about me. Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't mention that. Um, but yeah, I'm creating recipes, making it fun and simple. Uh, there will be two versions. It'll be like a, a longer, you know, your Food Channel kind of look, and then the the snappy, snappy, Instagrammy, boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. This is how we made this recipe, so we can get to the point, <laughs> yeah. and then share those recipes. And obviously, partnerships. Um, there's some great opportunities for for partnerships in that. Uh, yeah. you know, it's it's all the way across the board. So um, happy, really excited about that, and really excited about working on continuing to work on the Lobster Book as well. But um, yeah, so we'll be. Do you thinking have any books out? I do not. I have not written. That's so. This well, yeah. is a this new venture first, for you. Huh? This is the first Very one. Very exciting. Yeah. Oh my gosh! And I'm a member of Les Dames Escoffier. Yeah, it's I saw a, that on your uh, LinkedIn page. It's a group of uh, wonderful leading women in the hospitality, food, hospitality, and, and uh, wine spirits industry. And boy, am I leaning on them for advice. Um, and they're like, Michael Ann, you're right where you need to be. I'm going on two years now documenting fishermen at docks all the way across, like I said, all the way across Maine, from Maine to Newfoundland. And it's so fascinating to see the different fisheries and to see the different, you know, and and again, obviously when you get to Canada, you're, you're doing the LFAs, you're, you're following the lobster fishing zones and they open and close at certain times. So I'm kind of chasing that. Um, The winter lobster season is really cool. Uh, Last year I got to interview Ginny who's now 104 from Rockland. Oh, yep. You know? 
I I was so nervous we, to interview we, her. We tried to reach out to her for the podcast, but we couldn't we couldn't oh, find a way to contact she's her. She's a dear heart. I have connections. Yeah, well, maybe we'll talk I later. I will, yeah. Um, it would be great if you could get her on. I mean, she's, yeah, I don't think she went out too much this year, but um, that was exciting, but got some really good documentation. But yeah, so 2024, look for the Fishinista channel and you can find Super me. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. When it launches, we're going to have you back on so you can I come and promote it. it and tell everyone where hey. they can find it. And, and uh, we'll talk Thank about you. talk about the process and everything. It'll yeah. All right. So let's have a great show, guys. Yeah. Very I exciting. Think we're on our way. Well, I don't want to get into contacts yet. I have to oh, ask okay. you this. What is your favorite seafood dish? I'm curious if you have one. I know that's really oh, challenging. Oh, yeah. Do you ask everybody that question? No, that's not like everyone, but most people. <laughs> so, okay. What comes off the top of my head, uh, which is a recipe I haven't made in a long time, was a puntanesca sauce over a piece of cod, main cod. Oh, okay. it was so, so amazing. And, yeah, it's, it's simple. And it's absolutely delicious. Again, let the seafood talk to you. I think what I've learned, and I would have my go-to seafood recipes. and They were few and far between until I started working for GSA. And then I was surrounded by all these different species of fish and these different recipes. And I have really... Well, and you've you've and had been, opportunities to travel and try new things. Well, and, and we've yeah. interviewed chefs. We've visited chefs. And... There are so many simple, quick recipes yes. that your kids will actually eat. Oh, yeah. your kids will actually eat. Totally. <laughs> I can't, even get, would think will I be can't even get my kids to eat chicken nuggets half the time. <laughs> there's just there's so much creativity that you can do. It's just, it's just it's oh, great. And yeah. it's not that it doesn't have to be difficult or, or scary. And I think you're helping to spread that specific message and Thank doing a great job you. at it. So. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, just... <sighs> I mean, seared scallops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sear them on one side only on yep. a high heat. Yep. And yeah, that YouTube video with that recipe is like, do this, do that, ready. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's very exciting. To I mean, you know, I say if it's, if if you can do it with chicken or or steak, ninety nine percent of the time you can do it with seafood. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so right. easy and and it's less time. It's it's um, just standing there and watching the seafood cook. Uh, yeah. You know, just keep it simple. Keep it simple because, again, you only need a little bit of, as we know it, a little bit of love on the seafood to yeah. let the seafood flavors come out. And it's great to be able to taste that that metawah that we have in uh, in the seafood when you just keep it simple. Yeah. So we are getting a little bit low on time, but I want to ask if anyone wants to contact you mm-hmm. and that could be for a myriad of reasons but <laughs> if they want to it just contact you because they want to partner they want to sure. support whatever the reason is what is the best way for them to do that yeah uh they can email me at m-a-r mar at michaelanrow.com okay uh, and they can also find the fishinista on instagram you know and message me there that's that's those are two really good yep. Fantastic. And we'll make sure to link to both of those. Yep, we'll have those right in the show notes. So Thank you. And I have a new, new website going up as we speak. Yeah, I saw uh, that. MichaelAnnRow.com should be launched probably tomorrow. Oh. oh a new look from what you're seeing. Good timing. I know. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much 
for coming and doing this with us and being the first one, a very first live in person in front of a massive studio audience. Yeah. But I hope you have a great show. Yes, and, and we'll definitely guys. hang out while you're here and we'll I get some drinks so. and some we'll beers. eat some delicious food <laughs> and yep. keep in touch because I'm really excited to talk about Fishinista when it comes out. Yeah, thank you so much, guys, for having me. Thank it's really you. a pleasure. Thanks for being here. <laughs>